2: I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories and song and we are privileged to be part of that storytelling today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present. We're broadcasting from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. You're listening to Race Matters. This is a show made by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I am Sharika Hellaludin.
1: And I'm Darren Lasagas. How are you?
2: I'm I'm good in this moment. I'm tired, but satiated.
1: Oh, same. Yeah, I've been
2: taking in a lot of, like, beautiful art, particularly art that's been rooted in community. Um, I just came off the backs of, like, installing some art in Nam, which was, yeah, really such an honour and a, a new experience to me as well. And one of the pieces in the show was and Adivasi or uh, like indigenous community in the subcontinent perspective on speculative futures coming out of Nepal. And it's, uh, it's called Ningwasam and it's such a beautiful telling of what it is to connect with ancestors and ideas of decolonization and liberation across multiple timelines with like such a feast of a visual experience and Um, incredible soundtrack by Aisha Devi Um, and as I was leaving this piece I like realized that even in really well intended curated spaces I actually never get to encounter perspectives like that and just how special and unearthing it was to sit in a 45 minute film from from that region and community it was really special Mm. yeah
1: The work looks so amazing. And I guess I want to take some of that intention and extrapolate it into what today's episode is about. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, we do touch on film. We do touch on art. In particular, there are so many film festivals, which, you know, you and I and a lot of our listeners would definitely be across and well-attending. And so many are curated for particular communities. They create such interesting spaces when clearly targeted or marketed for particular communities There's something about the physicality of sharing the space with people you don't align with that can heighten the feeling of difference. There's something about a mostly sensorial deprived space, you know, in a dark room when you're so aware of the screen, where the screen stops and you begin when you stop and other people around you start. And like the cinematic experience is assumed to be a collective experience, but to varying degrees, it, it never is like... You're always going to have a different response to whoever is sitting next to you, which is seems obvious. But especially when you're sitting in a film curated for you, but there's a sense that you're not with your people. And I know it's a bit like, who cares? But it's like, sometimes it's such an unshakable feeling. Mm. And it's like, what is the balance of curation and community consultation, especially when cultural identities are so fraught and disparate? And how can a community-rooted event still serve as an invitation for learning and connection across differences?
2: Mm, um, And those are some of the questions that our guest today um, has been grappling with. On today's show, we're talking with Haja Al-Alsi, festival director of the first ever SWANA Film Festival. Um, She's also a writer, arts worker, and founder of the Iraqi Diaspora Creatives Network. We'll be talking to Haja about the history of the term swana, the word referring to the Southwest Asian North African regions, and what does it mean to curate with a community in mind but then get them in the room. The first-ever Swan and Film Festival will be a three-day festival showcasing over 20 films from Southwest Asia and North Africa. Beginning on April 28 in Parramatta, the festival will span films, community events, and talks to showcase emergent and unique creative outputs of the region and its diaspora. We're here with the festival director, Haja al Alongside this, Haja is also a writer, arts worker, and founder of the Iraqi Diaspora Creative Network. Haja, thank you so much for joining Race Matters today. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Haja, we'll begin with um, actually the role that you stepped into last year, which is as the director of this film Mm -hmm. festival, one of the first thing you did was to name this festival Swana. Mm -hmm. First, who are you talking about when you say Swana? And can you tell us about this name and the importance of a political identification?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I was invited to become the director of this festival. Um, Initially, it was a just an idea to bring back the old Arab um, Film Festival Australia which was running in the 2010s um, through um, ACE, formerly called ICE, um, information and cultural exchange and um, then I said I am happy to like do it but I just I was pretty adamant on um, making sure that it was a bit more inclusive and um, because the the biggest emphasis that they asked is that they wanted it to be a new generation and um, I think from all my work in the space of creating art and spaces for the diaspora of the Swana region is um, like I've learned a lot about the race relations within the region as well as Um, how that fits in in a western context as well like the diaspora in the western context having the two different race relations so um, yeah so I said I'm really happy to direct it I would like to call it something different and broaden it and um, swana is a term that has been used for a few years now maybe 10 um, years but more commonly in the last few years Um, And it kind of started in academic circles in the US as an alternative to MENA, which was Middle East and North Africa. And then um, Southwest Asia, as opposed to Middle East, became more commonly, or like, um, I guess a challenge to that more British term Mm -hmm. um, that is directly... Uh, like a, an evolved term from the Near East, which was very much a British colonial term. And so Southwest Asia, and there's still a lot of debate around it. So the term is, it has its own flaws too, but um, at the moment in my, my feeling is that it's like the most accurate that we can, that we have right now. Um, and, yeah, Southwest Asia is just more geographically accurate. The, and it, it puts it into context of where it is in the world, which is Asia. And <laughs> so that was the main thing. And then also I didn't want to say Arab because there is a multitude of ethnic groups in mm. the region and language groups as well. And so I wanted to expand it so that it's not just the, the Arab um, diaspora. And, well, a lot of the films are actually not just from the diaspora but from the region itself (laughs) Mm.
1: i mean you're already touching on this now but i guess what's the importance of taking on this role um, now and reigniting the festival now with the other organizers of swan film festival
0: we kind of wanted to do it now because we've come out of the lockdowns and it's there's a lot of thirst for events especially events that are focused on particular communities and so it just kind of we didn't really pre-plan it uh, it just the, they came to me with the idea and I said sure and uh, one of the things that went off course when you do like grant applications and stuff like that they that's like one of the questions they ask is like why is now a good time and that was our main thing is that you know the Arab Film Festival kind of ended a little abruptly and um, people really loved that festival Um, and it ended in 2017 and then you know a few years later we had all the lockdowns and people were constantly asking um, ACE the organization if Arab Film Festival is going to come back Um, and so they wanted
2: to bring it back. Are there any particular conversations that you had as a collective when you came together after such a long time of this previous iteration not occurring what were the intentions you all had in coming together after such a long time
0: well actually it's a completely new team so Mm. that's been the um interesting part about it so the the old afa team is um so arab film festival australia for sure everyone calls afa and um yeah, so the old team is kind of, they're older and they've done. They're doing their own thing now, and they've kind of moved on from the festival. Still supporting us in the background though, um, and we've actually created our own team. So um, one of the main things that I uh, brought to the table, as well as Ace, we were talking about how to build up like our new committee or jurors, or like we ended up calling them curatorium. Um, and i just wanted to do a call out um most of them were actually like from western sydney as well so that was nice um and we have one person who's from adelaide so we've got six curators all together really different backgrounds so we've got um Iranian-Australian, Yah, she's in Adelaide. She's a DJ as well as a um, screenwriter. And she's got a show coming out soon as well. So we'll be flying her over to DJ for the opening night. <laughs> and we have um, an Assyrian-Iraqi person, Amy. Um, we have a Syrian um, from, like, Syria that came in, like, the last four years. So has a first-language Arabic um has a lot of connections back in in that region um and is an actor as well. so and also an intimacy coordinator. So that also brought a really interesting um perspective into the room when we were looking at the films. and then we have an Egyptian Coptic person, Jess, and an Afghan woman as well, um and also a Turkish woman, Denise. so like it's it's a really nice group. We wanted to create it from scratch also because, you know previously it was all Arab and so like in order to really change it and change the foundations we, we
2: really did need a new team so yeah that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that building from the bottom up is such a necessary shift in this time of community building mm. particularly around identities that relate to a culture or region like you need that difference to communicate that tension mm-hmm. as well and swana the term itself is rooted in decolonization or this idea of a joint struggle mm-hmm. um it is of course like impossible to capture all of these yeah. tensions in a three-day festival but yeah. how do you feel that the curation of this festival speaks to what you have begun to share and i guess without flattening the experiences of such a vast region and diaspora
0: Yeah, so um, that was one of the things that we, when we, we met like once a month to discuss how we were going to basically approach exactly what you're asking Um, and we actually created the selection criteria together um, and we took into account like is it an emerging voice, is it something we can support, is it, um, you know, like well, one of our focuses was we wanted, um, like, an emphasis on diaspora, um, an emphasis on female and gender-diverse voices, and we ended up getting a lot of really interesting films. And also the other way that um, we approached it is we put it as an open-submission festival. Mm. Often festivals are invite-only, so we kind of we wanted to open it up and give a chance to more emerging filmmakers as well to be able to apply and also because we all had such different networks we connected with our networks and and brought to the table like a, a nice diversity because of that and that I think that was for me the most important part of what I was considering when we were selecting the curators we wanted people who had community that they can go to and connect to and um also that that was like a broader diversity in like language so we've got about five different languages mm. across the festival and not just swana language but european languages and like global languages too like we have um a moroccan short film but they speak french for most of the film because they're um a french diaspora moroccan family so um that was really nice we have a film that's actually made by an australian kurdish iraqi woman based in melbourne and the whole film um is so the film is called cinema beyond borders and the whole film is about kurdish cinema as a concept and like how it grew and it's kind of like a nice it's a documentary and i haven't really seen much like that and it's, uh, she, she made it all herself and pretty much the whole film is in Kurdish. So, mm. so that was one of the interesting things that um, we received.
1: so many films to look forward to, and obviously such a breadth of curation. I guess zooming out a little bit, Mm -hmm. a lot of the cinema from these regions have histories rooted in anti-colonial resistance, Mm -hmm. and this rings so true today, um, you know, as imperialism continues in the region, alongside a lot of false assumptions um, perpetuated through US imperial filmmaking. Mm -hmm. What role do you feel a festival like this has in counteracting these assumptions?
0: I think it's, it's really complicated because there's a lot of internal conflict as well as the outside stuff and a lot of that was also weaponized with with the foreign intervention so um we all had to have a really good understanding of all the different feelings towards each group like you know there are minorities who feel differently towards like different governments as opposed to the the majority populations and and so um we just had to be really aware about and that and that's where we would consult each other as well because Mm -hmm. like for example the Turkish film that is in the festival is a queer film mm. and so like even that aspect maybe not a. it's still political but not quite in the like war and and, and all that stuff but um just the fact that when we wanted um, to invite certain communities like local communities it's like we had to be really conscious of who we send things like that to because there are different feelings towards that stuff or, or um there are like a lot of countries in the region that pretty much outlaw homosexuality as well and we had a lot of queer films so um you know anything that was to do with government we tried not to we had to really navigate that space really well even using certain flags um because the the one thing that i found in the marketing of the festival is because swan is such a new term and it's it just sounds really abstract like it doesn't really unless you know what it is you kind of have to use symbolic imagery to really uh get people's attention and one of the ways we were doing that was with flags but some some people because of government resistance especially in syria a lot of the refugees are from the north of syria which is kind of the rebel region, and so like we could not use that flag, and so we had to find find alternative ways to symbolize that. And we actually did get a lot of Syrian films, so and a lot of them are refugees from from Aleppo and that that region that does not identify well is is resisting the the government there. So things like that. Um, as a and then from like a Western perspective, what I think just the fact that we're The way that we've navigated that is we're just not really looking at anything from a white lens. We've not Mm. considered this festival at all, and that's what I've really loved. It's not for a Western audience. And, of course, they're invited. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's, it's there for them if they're interested, but we're not targeting in any of our marketing and our social media that that's not who we're even really considering um, it's for the diaspora. Mm. So, yeah, I think we we haven't even... <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's so, so true. Like, there, there is the reality of these kind of oriental tropes that, you know, Darren began to mention, but you're not anchored by that kind of Western logic. You're totally coming from it, from the, I guess, the messiness of the perspectives that you all have and mm-hmm. all of the complexities that you're speaking to. Um, and I I thought it was interesting yeah like your decision making around language because of course um, even just having a Kurdish language film given what's happening with like liberation Mm. movements like yeah that's a really tricky thing to talk about but there is a dominance of yeah like Arabic speaking um, creativity and um, filmmaking as well that is like a hard thing to unpack, but mm. language really pierces through that as well, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, and there's there's also um, communities that have lost their language as well. Yeah. So what, like trying to find ways to make it clear that like this is not an Arab perspective, but it's just a language. And because like to go back to colonial things, like Arabic, and this is a big controversial topic, um, but Arabic is um, is kind of like a imperialist language because of the spread of Islam and it became like the majority language in the region. And so a lot of people do still speak their languages, but it definitely has been lost. And there's there was, um, you know, waves of Arabization in order to deliberately erase a lot of minority languages as well in the region. So we've tried not to use Arabic, um, like, you know, there are a lot of festivals that do focus on, like globally, that focus on um, the Swana region, but they tend to use a lot of Arabic as their, like, in their branding and all Mm. that. And we've we've tried really hard um, to pivot away from that. And that's why I didn't use an alternate name because, you know, On the one hand, the majority of the region do speak Arabic, but on the other hand, if we want to truly be inclusive, we have to be really inclusive linguistically as well
1: yeah it's fascinating because like the curation is so diverse so too is the audience to which you're curating these movies uh these yeah this festival for and so like hearing you talk about like marketing and how that is Mm. like a tool in which that you engage with community is so like fascinating to hear because it's like developing a new language like you Mm. were saying like you have to rely on symbolism to like you know speak to or not speak to what you want your audience to get out of the festival. I'm wondering like what other tools have you kind of come across or uncovered to like tap into those communities and make sure that you know, the films that you want them to see are being are, are reaching them.
0: Yeah. Um so social media has been a big tool, definitely. Like I'm I'm really big on that being like a big connector, especially for you know i find that a lot of the the marketing outside of social media tends to be you know posters or billboards or like interviews i mean i like i'm happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> no but like interviews in like mainstream media mm-hmm. and um and so it doesn't really reach the people that we want and we're, we're also like it is for the younger generation as well and they're on social media, I'm on social media. And um, one of the things that I've been doing lately is using a lot of TikToks and memes that are like really relatable, but again, like being really um, intentional with which, because a lot of it is like, um, you know, because it's humour and stuff, you you have to kind of be broad and, you know, they'll use words like Arab and like, it's hilarious, but like, if we want, like, it's still something I'm considering of like, is this meme gonna make the right, like, is it gonna create the right um, voice that we want? And if we want to be a bit more broad, so trying like to find the right meme and that's like a whole job in itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a meme collating. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like things like that. Um just like asking the curatorium to talk to like like word of mouth. Word of mouth is such a big tool in our in like ethnic communities. Like that's how everything is like that's why like a lot of restaurants don't don't do advertising. They're just word of mouth and so yeah, like also trying to um, decolonize the way we do even marketing I think has been a nice thing like working with community it is community oriented project and so we have to work with how the community operates and I find having worked in you know arts orgs and stuff when they are trying to connect with communities they often because that's what they know they approach the communities in a really westernized way and it's not it just doesn't work and especially if it's coming from like an institution it feels really western and and like kind of clinical to them and um yeah so we're we're trying to be a lot more personable with the the way that we're approaching
2: um is there anything that you want people to take away from the festival next week
0: Mm, I guess just be open to like learning (laughs) but like mostly I think just enjoy it like that it's there for fun as well that was actually a big part of um in our curation we didn't want too much of it just to be tragedy as the region has been through a lot of tragedy and a lot of films do tend to be quite um like highlighting tragedies and you kind of just go away from it feeling like helpless but we wanted to bring a bit more joy to the community so yeah just have fun and enjoy it
1: (laughs) that is all for race matters this week i'm darren lasagas
2: I am Sharika heller Thank you so much to Haja al alsi for introducing us to the Swana Film Festival and sharing what you can look forward to with all of the screenings and events. If you do want to learn more about the Swana Film Festival and purchase tickets to any of the films and public programs, we've left all of the details in our show notes.
1: You can listen back to episodes of Race Matters at fbiradio.com slash racematters. Bye. Bye.